my main passage I'm coming out of is Hebrews 4, 1 through 4. So I'll read it for you guys and then we'll start praying. So I'm reading out of the NIV. Therefore, since the, the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. Hebrews 4, 1 through 4 in the NIV. Now you just can't read my fours. <laughs> it is a fancy four. Are you good? All right, therefore, since the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us be careful that none of you have fallen short of it. For we have also had the good news proclaimed to us, just as they did. But the message they heard was of no value to them, because they did not share the faith of those who obeyed. Now we have believed, now we who have believed enter that rest, just as God has said. So I declare an oath on my anger, they shall never enter my rest. And yet his works have been finished since the creation of the world. For somewhere he has spoken about the seventh day in these words. On the seventh day, God rested from all his works. Dear Lord, I pray that you are with us in here tonight, that we're able to calm our minds and our emotions and understand the words you have spoken to us, that we're able to receive it in our hearts and minds, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, what is biblical rest? Can anybody here tell me what the Sabbath is? Besides a leader. <laughs> holy. Oh. It's holy. It's holy, yes. Can any of the youth, does anyone of the youth know what the Sabbath is, Jada? A day of rest. So Webster's Dictionary defines rest as peace, ease, or refreshment. And the Bible speaks pretty highly of rest. It's re the, are we good? The theme of rest is repeated throughout the entire scripture. In fact, it's repeated about 830 times, depending upon which version you read. Uh, the first time it's mentioned is in Genesis, the very beginning of the Bible. Uh, Genesis 2, 1 through 3. The heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. Because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. So we see this as a model that we've kind of adopted into modern-day society. We work five or six days, and on the seventh day, we rest. Um, now, it's funny that we see God resting. You know, the idea of God having to rest. You know, it wasn't because he was tired, or he was weary, or he just didn't know what else to do. He used it as a model for us to follow. Um, in fact, God thought it was so important that he actually included it in the Ten Commandments. Uh, the Fourth Commandment actually says, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. So it's not something new. It's something that's been around um, for quite a long time. It's in the law. And in ancient Jewish culture, I mean, it, it was so important to them that they would, I mean, they would essentially punish people who didn't obey the law or the, obey the rest. They would uh, they only could walk a certain amount of steps a day. They had certain things they could and couldn't do that were considered work. And it was a very important... Um, yes, they were counting their steps. But they can't beat me. Um, 
so yeah, they, they were commanded to rest, and for their animals to rest too. It was a day for them to recuperate and recover from their long work, because unlike us today, you know, we only worked five days, about 40 hours a week, and back then they worked six days, sun up to sundown, and they didn't stop. I, I think a lot of people, myself included, if we had that kind of work week this, in this society, a lot of us would collapse and be extremely tired. Um, but the Sabbath was an excuse... No. <laughs> That's so true. Um, well, you probably didn't. Um, so yeah, so the, this whole idea of, of the Sabbath and keeping it holy is something that is not, I wouldn't say, followed as strictly today. I mean, I don't know what a typical Sabbath for you looks like, but a typical Sabbath for me isn't an actual, you know, a full rest day. You know, Sundays for me, you know, you get up, you go to church, and that's what most people think of as the Sabbath, is the day to go to church, and it's the day to kind of hang out with family. Um, but we don't always consider, follow that to a T. You know, some people get up, go to church, and then go to work on their Sabbath. Yes? Yeah, it, it's there. They took it from the biblical Sabbath. They don't do anything. They rest that day. But I know, I know in our society today, we don't necessarily do that. I mean, the Sabbath is technically for us a Sunday, but back then it was a Saturday. I mean, you ask Caitlin or, or Isaac or anyone here who works at the church if the Sunday Sabbath is an actual Sabbath day. Pretty sure they would tell you, no, it's more of a day of work. And I even feel that way. No, Sunday. In Jewish culture, yes, that's how they did it. But for us, you know, a Sabbath for me is you get up, you go to church, you hang out with friends, and then I go home and do a ton of chores. That's my Sabbath. I get to do chores on my day of rest, and then we meet back here. So this whole idea of a Sabbath day and a day of rest is something that we've kind of moved away from in our society. And I think it's really important that we kind of step back and take a look of why God gave us that day to rest. Why did he give us a Sabbath day? And it was so we don't experience burnout. Because I know for me, I mean, it's probably for you guys. You guys go through school Monday through Friday. You know, on Saturdays, normally sports, and Sundays, you guys go to church. And I hope on that Sunday, you guys, some of you guys work, some of you guys don't. But we need to understand that the day of rest is for us. God created it for us. And it's not just a day of resting from work. It's a day of resting from the normal things we go through today. It might look like on Sundays, you go to church, and then instead of going home and playing video games, you read a book. It's breaking the norm up so we don't experience that burnout and that continual repetitiveness of life that often leaves us very, very weary and very um, downcast. Um, so all, the rest also means that we need to trust God to take care of things for us. You know, uh, I feel like in our society, if we don't have a hands-on approach day after day, and we aren't doing something productive every single day, we feel like our whole lives are going to fall apart. I know that feels like that for me. So resting in God takes faith. We have to trust that he'll provide. And it comes kind of in two forms. You have the physical side of rest and the spiritual side of rest. Um, Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30 is very good scripture for this. It says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, this whole idea of rest is something, the physical side of it is something that's kind of, I'm kind of learning how to balance it. Uh, in college, 
I remember my rest time was about two to three hours a night. You know, I, I would go to school, go to work, and then come home, and I would stay up late with my, my roommates, my friends. We would do, you know, video games, tabletop games, whatever it was. And I would get two to three hours of sleep and then wake up and do it all over again. And, yeah, it really, really affected me. I mean, if you take a look at my GPA from college, you'll understand how much it affected me. Uh, but it, it's this idea that we need rest. Not only do we need it for our physical bodies, but we need time to let our mind recharge um, and kind of reset, as it were. And now that I'm a little older and a little bit more mature, um, that things that keep me up and make me tired and weary are a little different. Now, instead of staying up and playing video games or doing something like that, it's thinking about the things I need to do for the next day or sitting, sitting in bed and thinking about everything I said that day that I shouldn't have or that I should have said. It's, it's more of a, a mental anxiety. And, of course, physical tiredness just from walking 10 miles a day. Um, but I have some good news. The kind of rest that is for your physical body has a really, really simple remedy. Sleep six hours, and you're fine. That's all it is. Thank you. Your bill will be in the mail, Isaac. Um, but that's not really the kind of rest that Jesus talked about. I mean, he talked about it a little bit, you know, having that time for your rest. But the real idea of biblical rest is resting in Jesus. And if I'm being honest, I really don't I really... I'm struggling to understand what God's rest is. Even after studying some of the scripture, scripture and talking to some close friends, the idea of resting in God is, is something that's it's new to me. You know, I feel like I have all these responsibilities uh, with friends, youth group, church, uh, my grandparents, you know, a life, job, all these kind of things. So learning how to, use, how to rest in God is, is something that I've been struggling with, I'll be honest learning how to kind of take my hands off of the things I'm going through and let God take care of it. Um, where do I go? Uh, so like I said, rest is, resting in the Lord is a frequently used expression in the Bible. Um, in Psalms 37, 7a, the New King James Version, it says, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Now, this psalmist is not talking about physical rest. Uh, like relaxing, napping, or stopping gathering strength. Uh, rest in the Lord really refers to a spiritual rest from confusion, worry, stress, and useless human effort, and a break from all the internal, external, moral, and spiritual enemies. You know, the definition of rest and relax actually becomes to to become less firm. So that means we need to relax our grip on our own lives. I mean, when I feel like in today's culture, anxiety just from everything that's going on is such a huge issue today. I mean, I still struggle with it. My biggest, if you know me, my biggest anxiety niche is time. I, I am a person who will sit there and count time. I mean, I know in the morning how long it takes me to get up, go to the bathroom, brush my teeth, make my lunch, get out the door. I can time it down almost to the second. At work, I can do the exact same thing. I know how long it's going to be in the office. I know when I need to start a certain section at work how long it's going to take me, and I've timed it and got it down almost to the second every single time. And I know, like, I even plan out time to waste time. That's how bad it is. It, it's just this, this idea of having control is, is just, it's something that's hard for me to let go. And Isaac's laughing because he knows this very well. <laughs> so this idea of, uh, shut up. <laughs> 
So this idea of resting and relaxing is something that I understand the struggle with. I know that it's hard to do in today's society, because like I said, you know, I feel like if we take that time to actually rest and let go of our lives, we feel like it's going to fall apart without us if we're not involved in every single moment, every single decision, every single second of our lives isn't planned out, then we're going to miss something, or it's just going to go down the drain. Um, so as believers, we are not granted immunity from life storms. I mean, if you, you've, most of you have heard my testimony. You know some of the storms I've gone through. You've heard Katie preach. You've heard McKenna. You know we all go through storms, even as believers. Yeah, only Katie and McKenna. Just those two. The three of us, oh, it's terrible. <laughs> so when, when we go through those, those storms, as it were, or those, those difficult times, we have the tendency to really just stress out about them. We want to take control of it. We want to get it done, or at least I do, get it done as quickly as possible, as efficiently as possible, and just get it over with. And a lot of times we can't do that in life. We don't have a lot of control over situations that happen to us, and it can be frustrating. Um, but we have two options when those, when those storms come to us. We can either respond fanatically, in some cases, or we can rest in the Lord's presence. We can either waste our time worrying or trust in the Lord to take care of us. You know. uh, Matthew eleven twenty eight thirty. 30, like I said before, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry kite and burdens. I will give you rest. You know, this idea of resting in the Lord, it, it's something that... It's not going to come to us naturally. We have to actually work towards it. We have to take time, spending time in prayer, allowing God to have his peace wash over us. You know, we can go to God saying, hey, this is happening. And it's really stressing me out. I want to take control of it. And God's like, I got you. Why, why are you so worried about this? I mean, we sung it tonight. I've never failed you. I never will. Taking those words to heart really help us through, you know, difficult times. And I know every single one of you go through difficult times. You know, whether it's school, family. I mean, I, I can guarantee you that if I asked every single one of you right now if you're going through something difficult, every single one of you could come up with something. It's, it's just life. So as we do this, we need to abide in Jesus and God's presence. He promises to pour into us a supernatural, incomprehensible peace to guard our hearts and mind from these storms that come with us. You know, in Philippians 4, 6, and 7, it says, Don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Yeah, so for us, the ultimate rest really is in Christ Jesus. It's, it's taking that time to, even if it's only 10 minutes. I mean, I am, time. 10 minutes for me, is, is, it almost hurts to take 10 minutes out and sit there and talk to God, and pray through, and read the Bible, but I have made a habit of it, and it's, it's changed my life in ways I can't even begin to describe. I mean, the biggest one for me was, I had a lot of nightmares when I first moved out here, just all the fear, and anxiety, and worry, even going through a huge deliverance experience, you know, there were still things that I was worried about, I felt like I was fighting these battles, and taking the 10 minutes to just okay, God, here's what's going on. Let me abide in your peace. Let me come under the shadow of your majesty and find rest. That's from Psalms 91. And I went through, through Psalms 91 every day for a solid month, praying that over myself every day. And it really helped. You know, I, after about a month of doing that, um, this was about six months ago, I haven't had a nightmare since. So in six months after praying for that a month, no nightmares. And all it took was 10 minutes a day. 
know, it's something practical, something easy, but it, it changed my entire life. Yeah, now Caitlin chases me around in my sleep, and it's, uh, don't give her a lightsaber, whatever you do. It's crazy. But no, that, that's what peace, oh gosh. So that's what, that's what it is. It, it's little practical applications that we can all take. You know, whether it's getting up 10 minutes earlier, I know for some people that's really hard to do. And just taking that time, good for you. Mm-hmm. But that, that's what the, the peace begins to look like. And as we do that more and more for different areas of our life, you know, when these storms start to come against us, we start to, okay, this is coming against me. There's nothing I can do. God, it's in your hands. And you feel peace about it. You no longer feel that anxiety or, or that fear of what's going to happen. And it, it's noticeable in our lives. You know, people around us who are non-believers, you know, when they see us have that kind of peace in our circumstances with it, um, like with things going on in the government right now or, or in school, when things happen and they still see you under peace, they begin to question, hey, why are you like that? And it's a segue to be like, I'm under Jesus' blood. I'm covered. I have peace about anything. And then, you know, thinking about it, we're always going to have these troubles. But, you know, the Bible talks about in Revelation, it's my favorite book, that when the Lord comes back, perfect peace will reign forever. I mean, he's going to have a thousand years where we're reigning with him, and there will be perfect peace. We'll no longer fear worry, anxiety, fear, depression. We're not going to cry. I mean, can you imagine, like, actually try to imagine what it's like to be under that kind of perfect peace? Yes, you do. Don't lie. <laughs> that, that, it's kind of uncomprehensible because we're so used to dealing with sin. We've been under the curse for, I mean, our entire lives. So understand, so being part of that perfect peace is something new to us. Um, so I just kind of want to leave you with a few, a couple of thoughts. The one is, if you really struggle with anxiety, I'm not, I really want to encourage you to start bringing your, your worries to God. You know, I know there are, you know, the world wants to try to medicate you and get you under, you know, you go through this prescription plan, you go to this therapist, and you do this, this, and this, and your anxiety will go away. Well, there is some truth in that, and I do understand that there is some, somehow with today's society, with brain chemicals and all that, it is part of a natural thing, but I believe most of it is spiritual. It's a spiritual battle that we face every day. And I just want to encourage you to start taking it to God. You know, that 10 minutes a day is all it takes. And I mean, it can be on the way to school. It can, I mean, it can be br brushing your teeth. can't tell you how many times I've sat there and prayed while brushing my teeth. It, it's just these little steps that we can take that will help reduce the anxiety and stress in our life and enter into that peace. And, and then once you're in that peace, I encourage you to stay there. Don't, don't. You know, when another storm comes, don't, don't, oh, get frantic about it and try to tackle it head on, you know. There is a responsibility we have to take as humans as we live our lives, but we still have to rest in the God's peace when that comes. Um, a good way for I have found to do this is, is, is just worship music. I mean, just change what you're listening to. I mean, to, even today, for example, I, I was kind of stressed about tonight. I, I really hadn't studied and put as much time into this as I wanted. I was like, oh, I need to calm down. I need, I need to relax, take my mind off it. So I put on one of my favorite bands, and it's real hard, heavy rock metal. And it just, it just wasn't doing it for me. I, I was just like, my favorite songs were coming on, and I was just like, this really isn't helping. 
So I switched from that to worship music. One of my favorite bands is Casting Crowns. And I started listening to that and started praising and worshiping. And like, almost like that, my anxiety went away. It was like night and day. It was incredible. So I really encourage you guys to start trying, making effort to enter into peace and then staying there. Because once you make effort, and I mean, God will take us one step and God will meet us right there. That's all it takes. It's just a little effort. And I mean, God will do the rest. That, that's who he is. He loves us enough that he wants us in that perfect peace. He wants to chase us. Um, but yeah, uh, it's only him that we find our complete rest, rest from the cares of the world, from the things that cause us pain, from the need to work and make ourselves acceptable to him. Nothing we can do can ever, ever uh, earn us that rest and that peace. No matter how hard we work, how hard we try, how much scripture we memorize, the perfect peace ultimately comes from God. And it comes from us accepting that we are broken and flawed individuals and that God can fix us and he has a desire to. So I'm going to pray us out and then we'll split into small groups. So dear Lord, thank you for the time we have tonight. Uh, I pray as we enter small groups that we really take time to kind of examine ourselves, examine what the Sabbath means to us, what it means to rest in you, Lord, and that we take the time to offer up our anxieties to you. We share them with fellow believers who can pray for us, Lord, and we just enter a personal season of peace in this, these coming times, Lord, especially as we enter the holidays. I just pray peace over all of us, our families, and school, Lord, and I thank you for the peace that you provide.